The Future Ready DSM podcast provides a snapshot of the future world of work and shares insights on the employment landscape for people who are just entering the workforce, as well as those looking to advance in or change their career paths. In each episode, you will hear from local or national leaders and experts on the latest trends and talent development in our DSM region. I'm your host, Dr. Marvin DeGier, Senior Vice President of Talent Development at the Greater Des Moines Partnership. Let's listen to the interview. Kathy is the Future Ready Iowa Policy Advisor for Future Ready Iowa and has been in this position since 2018. Before her time at Iowa Workforce Development, Kathy spent time at Blank Children's Hospital as the Director for, for the Center for Advocacy and Outreach. On this episode, we'll talk with Kathy about student work-based learning experience, resources and assistance available to employers looking to work with students, and her thoughts around and ideas on how youth engagement can grow across the region and state. All right, let's get to the interview. Can you start off by telling us about the Future Ready Iowa initiative as a whole? Yes, absolutely. Um, this is a state initiative, which the, the primary uh, focus of it is to have get 70% of Iowans in the workforce having education and training beyond high school by 2025. So that's the overarching goal of the program. And and I like to say a quick three reasons why. Um, First is because it's predicted or projected by by 2025 that 68% of our jobs are going to require training and education after high school. Now, that means it could be a certificate program, an apprenticeship program, a diploma, a two-year degree, a four-year degree. And so, the whole spectrum. Um, Secondly, is because we have a huge skills gap in Iowa right now. We have 34% of our our folks um, in the workforce with uh, education and training beyond high school, but we need 53%. To have that. So we have a gap. We have jobs. 53% of our jobs require that. And we only have 34% of our workforce that has it. So we really want to fill that gap. And thirdly, because um, IADEV, um, Iowa Workforce Development, we always survey employers and they continually tell us that they have people. Well, and it's, this has probably changed a little bit during COVID, but, but COVID prior and still they have people who are um, uh, interviewing for jobs, but the people don't have the skills they need. So, so that's the, the, in a nutshell, the, the initiative. So why is engaging youth in work-based learning experiences important to the state? Well, it's, it's important because, um, number one, it helps students prepare for a successful future. Um, and then also it helps employers grow their skilled workforce. And when, so you combine those two, a lot of things have changed over the years as far as technology especially. Um, in, in what students can learn and how they learn and how they engage. And um, work-based experiences, actual real-life hands-on is really, it can't be replaced because it really opens their eyes to what, what is actually happening in the workplace. What are all the opportunities offered? Like in a, in a company, you may think this company does um, advanced manufacturing. They, they build a part, but you know what they also have um, they have logistics, they have engineers, they have accounting, they have, they have all of these other, other occupations as well. And so it really just does so much to expand their, their knowledge base about what's out there. Um, on the employer side, also helps employers build their skilled workforce because we have, um, we have, a, we have a great number of kids right now who aren't necessarily going down the four year path after high school. Um, again, we have a continuum. So that's great for some kids. For some kids, it's not what they they want to do. So how do they know what's out there? 
and what training is available to start their career um, or to get some to go to a registered apprenticeship and earn why they learn. So they're not going to know if they don't get these opportunities. So it's a, it's a goal of ours that every student is going to have a, a really authentic work-based learning opportunity in Iowa, um, I think by 2027. Okay, awesome, awesome. So can you talk a little bit more about um, some of the actual Future Ready Iowa programs that you've uh, been able to uh, work with this, this summer? Yes, yes. Um, so one of the, the pro, and one of the strategies of Future Ready Iowa is to try and fund opportunities. So employers and community-based educate, um, organizations and educators can, can work together in their own location and figure out what works. So one of those um, funding opportunities is the Future Ready Iowa Summer Youth Internship um, Pilot Project. And this summer, um, we were able to fund 26 projects across the state the focus is at-risk youth who maybe have barriers one way or the other to getting connected to great work experiences or, or you know, figuring out um, what they want to do or even finishing high school. Um, so we funded 26 projects, um, $1.6 million. Um, and the great thing about these projects is, is the ones who, um, the, the people who uh, are awarded, they get money to help coordinate it, but they also get money to pay the interns because it's really important that they have a paid work experience. Um, and then career exploration and counseling and mentorship. And so, um, boy, there I've seen some great ones from um, Maquoketa, Iowa, which had, I think, engaged uh, students from four different high schools, and they did a um, user experience. Um, and, and this gentleman um, who, who ran this uh, internship, has he has clients all over the United States. So he had teams of high school students actually creating user experience and presenting to his clients. And it was phenomenal. Um, I've also was um, just at, um, well, I visited Homes of Oak Ridge. They had a great program. They were able to expand with Future Ready Iowa dollars and, and got to meet a student there who um, got her hands on in teaching and, and actually got to do it with the kids and and um, just learned a lot from that and gained a lot of experience. I also was at Good Vibes Movement um, downtown Des Mo or north side of Des Moines. And they were, um, when I was there, they were getting hands-on electrician training from an electrician, but they were rehabbing a house in the area. Um, Coke, manuf or Coke Landscaping over by Cedar Rapids had 10 kids from, um, from in their internship and they were doing landscaping. I got to see that hands-on. We had IT, 10 students in IT with the new BOCO. Um, and then uh, I just, I saw so many. Um, and, and what I said when I saw this is, you know what, people got to see this because it's incredible how these students get engaged, learn, find a passion or not a passion. Like I don't want that and that's valuable too. School is so expensive. You, you know, if you can go, you don't want to go do that. That's that's worth it. Um, and just earned good wages. In in many cases, they were able to help their families with that. I mean, it was. It, it, the other thing I want to say is we have had, and I'm waiting. I'm getting more results now, but several where, um, like one company I just talked to, they actually have three three youth who had graduated high school. Um, that participated and they're going on to the technical college with scholarship from that organization. We have, I have um, threes, three who from the Waterloo program who were just offered permanent full-time jobs from their internship experience. So they're going into the workforce to pursue that. Um, and so just great things I think are happening all across the state when these project projects happen. 
it's a lot of impact across the state sounds like um, this summer. So um, you talked a little bit about the employers that how, how do you all engage or, or reach out to um, employers to, to be a part of these future radio hour programs? Yeah, well, there, I think there's a few ways. And um, and so definitely we have information on our website and we do try and use whatever, you know, social media, email contacts we can. However, um, I also think that a lot of the organizations that are um, aware and applying for our program, they're reaching out to multiple employers in their community. What we do know, and one of the strategies of Future Ready Iowa is that it needs to be a grassroots effort. And it truly is. And so I, I have several um, examples of the summer where a community-based organization or a school hosted the internship and worked with 20 employers in the area because they each took one intern based on their interest area. And, um, and so I think that's a really effective way, honestly, that, that we're engaging with employers. Um, another way that we engage is through our Employer Innovation Fund. Um, that's specifically uh, trying to engage employers by matching dollars that they put into a program that can affect youth. It can be adults or youth um, that uh, help address barriers, um, help provide education and training and hands-on work experiences. And we have internships that are funded through that program as well. The other, oh, one more thing, Marvin, um, I want to make sure is <laughs> we do um, local summits. Now, obviously with the pandemic last year, we weren't on the road as much, um, but we are planning um, up to 50 local employer summits this year throughout the state, 50 different locations. I'm hoping that we can announce those very soon on our website um, and then get emails out. But those are two hour, um, one and a half to two hours in the morning. We usually do it from seven to nine so we can, so employers can get there because we know that they've got other things to do. But to really um, give them a couple examples and work-based learning is our focus this year, give them a couple examples of how it's been done. Um, tell them what resources available, um, connect them to, to, to other organizations and say, hey, we're here to help. We can help you brainstorm, figure out how to do this and all of those things. I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit there in, the, in, your, in your last comments, but just to be clear so people can hear it again, where, where can people really find more information out about this initiative? Definitely. Um, just if you Google futureReadyIowa.gov or futureReadyIowa, our website will come up. It's www.futureReadyIowa.gov. Um, we have links on there for, um, for employers, for students, for um, adults. And, and, and we are in a little, I'd say we're ready for an update. But so if you don't find what you're looking for there, um, there's a link where you can email us and that comes directly to me. So um, I just encourage you to get on there. And if nothing else, use that link and email me and I'll, I'll connect you with what you're looking for. OK, so I know you've been traveling around the state and you've been really working very hard at, at uh, making sure this is a successful program. What what are I guess what gets you the most excited um, when you're looking at the future of Future Ready Iowa as the initiative grows? What what yeah. gets Kathy up in the morning? What what gets you fired up? <laughs> Such a great, great question. <laughs> and and yes, I, I do love this initiative. And and so a few things. Um, no, one of the things I love about Future Ready Iowa is that we're working to change the conversation around the state to show adults and youth that there is a continuum of multiple different opportunities for them to have a great career in something that they love. Um, and, and there's something for everyone. That's what I want people to know. If, you, if, if you're going to go for a year, great, we've got that. If you're going to go two year, we've got it. If you're going to do hands-on learning with registered apprenticeship, if you want a diploma, if you want to do, I mean, just, just there is something out there. Um, another thing is one of the focuses of Future Ready Iowa is, is really um, uh, addressing barriers. 
And I love that too. Like we have great skilled people in Iowa who maybe have a few more barriers to getting that education and training or getting connected to an employer. And what, what are they and how can we work and with people to address those? Um, in some cases, and, and our grants do a lot of this and, and, and people come up with really creative things. It's transportation. It could be childcare. It could be books. It could be a haircut. I have grants who paid for a, you know, a haircut for gas cards for get your cell phone reconnected. We have some programs that we funded that are working specifically with ex-offenders who have felony records and, 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 and working with them to say, okay, how do we address this? And how do you go with a successful interview? And what do you need to do to show um, the employer that they should hire you? And just having some great success with those efforts. Um, There was an example, um, one of the innovation funds, the first innovation funds that we funded was um, uh, Interstates and they had a barrier of language. They, you had to be able to do in English, the registered apprenticeship program that they had in place. And they had lots of individuals who needed some help with that. So they did a matching grant and actually hired interpreters, translated everything into the their language so they could learn it before they entered the, the internship program and trained their staff. And this ended up in 25 additional hires, making above $40,000 a year. So those, all of those things excite me because I, I just feel like that's just, it's the right thing to do. We want everybody to have a great opportunity here in Iowa. Um, and so, and, and our programs are growing. We have uh, the Governor Reynolds and the legislature funded the Last Dollar Scholarship Program this year at um, about 23 million. It was originally at, four, at 13 because we have expanded it so much. So that's a great opportunity to get up to a two-year um, degree in a high demand job paid for. They expanded our employer innovation fund to 4.2 million this year. It was 1.2 before. So we have lots of opportunities for these kind of really unique and flexible things for people to meet local needs. Um, sorry, I know you're ready to ask me a question, Mark. No, you're fine. You, you go ahead. I know, I know <laughs> you, say, you get excited, you get fired up. I know how you get I'm going to say two more things. Roll. Okay. What, another one is the growth of it is that, that last year was our first year of our child care challenge fund. And this is really looking at trying to um, help a piece of the child care issue because child care is a workforce issue. And we have got to have that available um, to folks if they're going to work. And so um, that was, again, a matching grant to really help capacity billing to increase slots across Iowa. And that's that that's it's the same uh, funding source as the innovation fund. So we'll have more money for that this year. And then one more thing I'm super excited about is registered apprenticeships in our high schools. Um, We have over 50 high schools uh, who have started registered apprenticeship programs with, with employers. Um, You have to have an employer to do registered apprenticeship. So, um, but, but, but this is going to grow. And again, it offers such a great opportunity and path for kids in high school um, that want to learn hands-on. So that's, so those are some of the things that I'm, oh, oh, I do, I do have one. Can I say one more? Okay. Okay. (laughs) We, we did um, this, this last fall in the midst of the pandemic, um, we were able to do some coronavirus relief workforce grants and some were for registered apprenticeships some were an innovation and one and one grant was an earn and learn we did i think we funded 160 projects across the state and the people who applied and there were employers educators community-based again partnering those who were awarded, they they had they were they found out the earliest in the beginning of September, and they had to spend their money by the end of December, get their program set up, and enroll participants at least, and sometimes have them completed by February 28th. 
Now, that was an incredibly short time frame, and they were trying to do the social distancing, turn things to virtual, and, and the Iowans do amazing work. That's the other thing that excites me is I, I, it's amazing what is happening across the state um, and, and people are innovative and they're hardworking and they're, they're getting this done um, when they have some support. Um, so I just, that's, I mean, it, it's incredible. So I wouldn't, if we can get resources out to the people, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, you, you've talked a little bit about um, how important the uh, program is for at-risk youth. You made connections with um, returning citizens. You know, how, how important is it connecting to more of the underrepresented, marginalized communities and, and really being inclusive in this uh, Future Ready Iowa? It's it's very important. It's one of our priorities. And, and so when you actually apply for a grant for us, we're going to ask, you know, that that be a priority target audience. Um, because we know that unemployment has been higher for minority populations and some of those populations that have more barriers um, and, and that there are different, different ways to address it and different strategies to use to, to make those opportunities available. So we, that's always going to be part of our, um, our, our, our scoring rubric and our prioritization for our funding um, opportunities because it's extremely important. And that's where I say is, is, you know, we want a path for everybody. So everyone that's listening, just, you know, Kathy really laid out some great things for us today. Um, when in doubt, you definitely want to go to futurereadyiowa.gov to, to find any of your answers if you have still have questions after this great interview today. Um, and also just understand that they're really working hard to upskill um, our workforce and have the workforce we need um, here by 2025 to 2027. And, and the last thing is just understanding that they are really trying to reach out and, and be as flexible as possible in the um, different grants and opportunities for employers and, and apprenticeships and, and different high schools even to uh, get engaged in this process. So um, we want to thank Kathy for her time today on the podcast. Um, make sure you visit again, futurereadyiowa.gov and the Greater Des Moines Partnership website to learn more about these initiatives and how they affect you. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Future Ready DSM podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To hear from more leaders and experts on the latest trends in talent development, please visit dsmpartnership.com.